Hello everyone! Welcome aboard to Thundercode's non-profit Digital Voyage, a show where we talk about tech, social and public good, and how you can get involved. I'm your host, Timelia, and I hope everyone can sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. If you're ready, let's set sail! And now, on to our episode. Hello everyone, welcome to today's episode of Thundercode's non-profit Digital Voyage. Today's guest is the Executive Director of Conjunct Consulting. Um, would you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Hey, hi, hi Amelia. Um, so nice Hello. to be here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm Yasmin Tan uh, from Conjunct Consulting. I've been at Conjunct for, you know, coming to four years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my time um, here, I've spoken to over, you know, I think over 60 nonprofits. Um, charities. Yeah, <laughs> and I've actually been in the nonprofit sector for about 12 years. I came oh. from the private sector, from real estate actually. Ah. Um, so as ED, you know, I oversee the day-to-day operations at Conjunct, um, really ensuring that we do our very best to fulfill our mission, right? Planning and executing our strategic priorities, setting clear roles, and just to ensure consistency, you know, quality um, throughout. Yeah, so um, that's, that's what I do, a little bit of my background. Mm. Actually, you mentioned that, you know, you've sort of like transitioned from like a real estate uh, yeah, from a real estate to like you know nonprofit. How did that happen? Like, is there a backstory to that? Uh, yeah, I was sick of helping the rich get richer. <laughs> <laughs> In short, right? I mean, it it was you know it was nice, right? Uh, clan management and all that to be able to help them. Um, so I was uh, I did some investment sales, corporate leasing, even collective sales, uh, right? So we were we were dealing, you know, uh, with a lot of um, different types of clients from all backgrounds. Um, so I guess that's where I learned a lot about <clears throat> people management, right? Um, yeah. So I really wanted to, you know, um, I had a real think about it years ago and really wanted to do something more meaningful in my life for me personally. So you know, going to nonprofit um, was something that you know I felt um, I I would be more motivated um, to to do well in and and still today I I have no regrets. How what's the transition like for you? Was it like difficult or was it like a smooth transition for you? You know. Honestly, it was all right um, because uh, I came from a very marketing, uh, ah, sales, right. business ah, development kind of role, right? Uh-huh. So I transitioned to also a marketing, and I also did fundraising, right? When I first joined nonprofit, mm. so the the number of skills is you know is transferable, right? Client management. Mm project management, um, you know, business development, new business um, creation, things like that. Yeah, so so from, from there, you know, I slowly started to learn more and more about the sector. I see, I see. Well, that's good to know. Because, <laughs> like, um, we've, like, uh, in our previous episode, we've had, like, you know, um, Kevin, who is the founder of our uh, company, he, he actually tr- transitioned from, like, a different business to a non-profit business as well. And we had, like, team members who also like didn't exactly come from like 
the background that they think they did. And I think it's, a, it's always very interesting to learn that, you know, the people in nonprofit, they actually came from very various different backgrounds. And yeah, it's always like whenever I found out, it's like, oh, it's very interesting. <laughs> but yeah. Yes, it's okay. It's okay. In fact, a lot of mentors that I talk to, you know, um, and people who are more experienced than me, you know, mm. they, they share with me, it's okay to, to change your career once and even twice in your lifetime right because we all learn and grow and de- develop in in different areas at different stages of our lives right right okay yep that's true all right so i guess like to start like to start things off um could you please introduce you know uh, what is conjunct consulting you know how it came to be and what are its aims and objectives that sort of thing sure happy to so you know, as you may know, right, nonprofits um, and, and charities and even social enterprises, they are so essential to the fabric of our society. Yet, mm. they are always under pressure, right? Pressure to do their best, pressure to upgrade their capabilities to serve our community of beneficiaries better. Right. So, conjunct, um, you know, our founders really, you know, saw this gap in, you know, um, service in helping the nonprofits help our community. Right. So we really want to help these social good organizations, as we call them, address the challenges they are facing. And we Mm -hmm. do this as uh, an intermediary, providing access to pro bono or low bono consulting projects and workshops for social good organizations of all causes and all financial abilities. Right. So I want to share with you a few, you know, quick facts. Right. Like right. we are actually the first social change consultancy, you know, in Singapore um, oh. and even the region. Right. Uh, years ago, we do about, you know, 20 to 25 projects and workshops a year. And we're very happy that we recently hit, you know, 300 projects. Right. In the oh. past 10 years, we have done 300. Oh, wow. That's that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we are a charity helping other charities. So we understand, oftentimes we understand firsthand their operational challenges, right? What they face um, day to day, you know, what they face in planning, right? In long term thinking as well. Um, And we believe in co-creation, right? So a lot of times uh, we come in as not as the expert knowing everything. We want to co-create the solutions with them, right? Mm -hmm. Because they they have, you know, um, a lot of insights and a lot of experience. Right. Yeah. And you also mentioned, you know, you, um, you've had a lot of projects and you've offered like quite a lot of programs on your end to like empower the social sector. Um, can you like um, explain to us like what sort of like projects and programs that are available at Conjunct Consulting and what are some of the deliverables that these programs can, you know, provide? Yeah, sure. So, you know, some of the um, services, right? Um, we, we do uh, projects in management consulting, right? So mm. from strategic planning, right, um, to, you know, impact assessment, measuring their impact, to projects like um, financial sustainability, right? Costing, you know, um, income generation and whatnot, um, to people management, right? What is unique about this sector is, you know, we have to think about um, board, right? Engaging our board, um, mm-hmm. staff management, as well as volunteer management. Yeah. Right. So we do all these services and the way we do it, right, um, which makes us pretty unique is because of our talented pool of, you know, volunteers, right? Mm. So we actually bring together a diverse pool of trained and professional mentored um, teams, 
uh, of project teams, um, the way we do is we engage and empower student and professional volunteers, right? Mm. Change the social good sector. You know, it could be one organization at a time, could be multiple organizations at a time um, to bring their passion and their expertise from various backgrounds. So by doing so, we not only help you know, these um, social good organizations, right, with their, you know, uh, operational challenges. We also help to nurture the next generation of social sector leaders, right, uh, because we provide them with this real life experience, you know, of, um, of helping, you know, the nonprofits. I see. Um, are these programs like they're more like um, they're mostly consultancy based or they're like hands on based? Like how are these programs like carried out? Just to give an mm, idea. Good question. They are mostly um, consultancy based. Um, if if that is, it's not so much of implementation, right? Right. Yeah. So for example, you know, um, the client may come up to us and say, "Hey, you know, things have been changing, right? Because of the mm-hmm. pandemic and all that. You know, our activities have had to change. You know, how can you help us uh, think about redesigning our services to our clients?" Right mm. to the beneficiaries, so we'll come in, and we will do the research. We'll do the you know necessary data information um, gathering. Right, we'll do the analysis. We'll share the results with them, and then we'll work together with them to create solutions. So at the end of the day, they could come up there. There could be new services designed for them, right? Mm-hmm. Or you know a review or revision um, of the current services. So would you say that you sort of like provide like a blueprint for them to work on? Yeah, you can say that um, in terms of their planning, right? Or an mm-hmm. implementation roadmap. Uh, I see. Mm. I see. Uh, one thing I'm curious is that how long are like, say for example, a client comes up to you and hey, I need like, you know, like I need to redesign this sort of thing. How long does this process usually take? Mm, you can take, um, usually we... We like to um, take at least like three months, you know, oh. to go through the, you know, internal analysis, external analysis, right? And then come together to co-create before we work on the recommendations. Yeah. I see. I see. That's very interesting. Three months. Oh, so like throughout, so like throughout the whole three months, you're like at the, like you're at every step of the way with them, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, the other type of services we have, apart from these um, projects, mm. are workshops, right? So we right. have um, a lot of nonprofits who come up to us uh, who wants to do visioning workshop, right? Like they want to come together, they want to review their vision and mission for the next five years. You know, what would be that goal and how would they go about achieving that? Right. So what will be the priorities? What directions would they need to take or what focus areas do they need to uh, look into for the next five years? And we, we can do that uh, as well. So that would be a shorter engagement, usually some pre-work, um, you know, a few weeks before the workshop. And then uh, we can facilitate a two day workshop. Right. And then mm. we'll present the findings um, after that. I see. Um, all right. So that's. Okay, that's very interesting. So, you know, right, so before, oh, sorry, you know, because of the situation our world is going through, you know, a lot of organizations, you know, have to move online, and those from the social sector are definitely not an exception to that. 
And I imagine that, you know, for some organizations, this transition may not necessarily be a smooth one. Perhaps you'd like to share some of the challenges and issues or like trends observed that, you know, you've seen um, in SSAs and charities when it comes to like digitalization? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I've worked in the private sector, public sector, and now the people sector, right? Mm. Um, nonprofits are, are are unique in their own way, right? Um, but the challenges are, are similar, right? In what you would see in the SME, in the social enterprise, right? And even sometimes in, in government agencies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what makes nonprofits unique is that, you know, um, the level of governance sometimes, right, is is very high because of charity dollars, right? Because we accept, you know, uh, funding from the public, funding from the government, right? Mm. Uh, we have, you know, layers of decision makers as well, right? Um, number of advisors, right? Um, sometimes we may not have, you know, all the the our desired number of people doing the task, right? Maybe lesser. Uh, because sometimes we may have limited funds in that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, but but what's good is that, you know, like in, in non-profit organizations, right? I think a lot of times we do something because of the gaps we see, the issues, you know, the burning issues that we want to solve, right? A societal issue that we, we really want to, you know, improve on. Uh, we don't do something because it will make money, correct? Right. <laughs> yeah, So so there are pros and cons to, to that you know, that, that setting, right? You know, uh-huh. sometimes we can ap- accomplish a lot, right? Uh, with very little resources, you know, which which is related to the whole digitalization, you know, efforts, right? So, mm-hmm. so imagine that kind of backdrop, right? When, you know, some organizations, small, medium to large, you know, um, they may not even have um, done digitization, right? Even before digitalization, they may not even have digitized information from hard copies to soft copies yet right mm, that's so, true that's true yeah so that's some of the things that we see right um sometimes it's in older charities you know they've been around for a long time they have lots of experience but a lot of things are still in you know in physical forms <laughs> right <laughs> right so so how do you even talk about digitalization how do they even talk about um, automation, right? First, mm-hmm. they got to make sure that they scan these forms, right? To <laughs> go and to be stored, you know, um, digitally first, right? right? Then we talk about digitalization, right? The processes, right? How can we then use the digitized information, right? And improve and look at our processes um, to, to make it smoother, Right, um, and and ease task management and team management. Then we can talk about automation. Right, what mm. are the things that we do daily, monthly, yearly? They are repeated. They are repeated processes. Right, and how do we ensure that everyone does the same things in the same way every single time? Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah, and and to make sure that we have the processes and information documented. Um, digitally before we can automate them. So these are quite common, um, you know, challenges um, that nonprofits face. Um, that that they have to, you know, really look at, you know, where they are at now, before they can think about, oh, what what should we do, right? How should we improve? Mm. 
like just now you like said like oh before you know organizations can think about digitalization they have to think about digitization which you know there's like a clear difference i suppose between those two terms and um uh you know based on like what you've seen so far would you say that um organizations these days like uh, especially ssas and charities they're more like they're slowly moving towards like digitization or would you say like um how would you say this trend towards digitization um appear to you like yeah mm, there's definitely been um the they've they've had to digitalize they've had to digitize and digitalize right mm, in mm, the mm. last two years since the pandemic they've had no choice right um mm. so you know even like remember the qr code you know checking in right right, um, right. everybody had having to use trace together um and then also volunteer management and also engaging their beneficiaries so a lot of you know um charities you know, usually they will hold activities for for their clients like the elderly you know and whatnot at their center right but mm. because of you know safety measurements right um they've had to take it online to continue to engage and check in on their clients right how how are the elderly doing are they okay is anyone taking care of them is anyone engaging them you know um and they had to do that they had to not just teach themselves they have to teach their clients how to use zoom <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah um to to continue to make sure there's service uh, continuation mm. right so they are not disrupted so definitely they've had to do it um and the good thing is there's been a lot of um support from you know we we've had strong support from government you know with funding support um buying making sure that you know non-profits have um funding to even buy like you know laptops for remote working for their staff right mm -hmm. or funding to to apply for you know zoom subscription accounts that's been very very helpful um for them to you know um do to all this right but bear in mind not every non-profit staff or any staff of any organization you know um there, there would have been teething problems right for for at least a while for them to mm. like figure out oh how do i individually you know figure this thing how do i set up how do i install how do i use this how do i change the settings all right um, yeah and all that and they've done a beautiful job yeah the, the charities I've, i've spoken with you know they have adapted so much um in the last two years right now zoom mm, no problem right <laughs> you know calendar invite automatic right yeah so, yeah i mean it's, it's amazing just just two years we have been we have been forced um but we have adapted really well right yeah that's true um it kind of it, it makes me wonder like um because you I like I like how you use the term teething. That's <laughs> very interesting. But um, throughout, like you know, the period of like getting used to like you know using Zoom and stuff like that. Um, uh, from what you have observed, how difficult or how easily has they has like organizations in general been adapting to the to this kind of like um, things? Um, yeah, I think they've done um, a really really good job, right? Um, mm. In the beginning, right, it was right. Difficult, right. In the beginning, we've had to. I remember, uh, we held an event, so we are thinking, oh, how should we uh, prep everyone? You know, let's let's give them a pre kind of a uh, event kind of uh, reading, right? So go here, click here, 
right? Zoom has been relatively easy to use, honestly, right? The chat mm. function, you know, even the emoticons um, is easy to sign it out. It's easy to invite participants. It's easy to, you know, to look at the participant list, message them and all that. It's very intuitive, right? The platform. Um, we've also used other collaboration um, tools, right? Like when we are hosting an event, for example, right? One of our strategic planning workshop, um, having to use um, online collaboration tool like Miro or Miro. Ah, mm, so mm, that mm. took a lot of um, kind of uh, coaching. We've had to set up a briefing session to kind of guide them and say, oh, please, this is how you zoom in and out. <laughs> you have to go to this <laughs> corner to click plus and minus, <laughs> right? You have to go to that uh, panel to click on the post-it to contribute your thoughts. Um, some Most people are, are very open and they try and they have fun with it. A minority will just give up, right? They will mm -hmm. just look at it and I'm like, oh, I give up, somebody do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, aside from the one that the ones that you've already mentioned, like, um, how does like what other ways that conjunct consulting you know play a role in like prepping SSAs and charities for towards digitization and of course digitalization as well? Uh, that's a good question. So, um, we've always been helping kind of like um them with like you know management consulting right so it could mm. be process improvement it can be evaluating um reviewing you know what they are doing now how to improve their people management how to improve their you know financial sustainability and all that right so when mm. it comes to digitization right really uh what we've been doing is helping them to prepare prepare them to be more ready before they digitalize right so that could be like for example you know when when they come and we ask them right what will be some of the bottlenecks that they are currently having in their operations mm. that could be solved with technology mm -hmm. right could it be um you know um uh, finance kind of reimbursement right how are they doing their finance reimbursement for example right uh are they sent giving all the finance stuff, all their receipts, and then finance have to put in everything, right? And then do all the manual data entry, right? Before they can submit for reimbursement, right? Or are they using a platform like Expensify, right? Mm -hmm. to, to submit their claims and then automatically finance will be updated and then finance can, can do, you know, click here, click there to activate. The process or you know a similar you know kind of system mm. um, so we will ask them this kind of questions right uh, when it comes to the organization as a whole right um, the other things that we can help prepare them better is you know when we ask them you know how are you engaging right your stakeholders so it could be donors could be your volunteers uh, mm. it could even be their clients their beneficiaries right how is that engagement is it a very tedious process right I've spoken to to large charities who say that oh I engage with them by talking to them in person oh how are you collecting the feedback oh very you know informal exchange of feedback do you uh. document the feedback oh no we don't have time to document the feedback then how mm -hmm. do you know whether you know, um, 
the services are what they need, right? Across a big pool of clients, mm-hmm. right? How do you know uh, whether they really enjoy? You know, of course, having the conversations with them is very helpful, and that person's touch is very important, right? But would it help you in your in your day to day and and future planning if you have some data, right? That's true. That's true. Mm. Mm. So, so that sometimes that's how we we prepare them. So we we can help prepare them better before they they decide. You know, uh, you know, or even come up with a plan. Right, first priority donor management. Second priority client management. For example, right, mm-hmm. um, volunteer management, or you know, it could be about shared services like HQ functions. Right, what are the pain points? What are you spending a lot of time in? You know, can you reduce that time to? Can you make your life easier, right? With digitalization, and that is the whole point, right? It's not to replace the human interaction and touch points, right? It's to really enhance your working process, right? And all the engagement experiences. Hmm. That's true. And you know, you've been um. Throughout the years, you've been working with charities and SSAs.、Um, you know, I'm sure you've like heard a lot of stories and had a lot of memorable experience. Maybe you would like to share some of that to our listeners, if you have any. You would like to share? Sure.、Um, not so much, not nonprofit, you know. But but honestly, I remember this funny story more than ten years ago. <laughs> Actually, when I was in the private sector, right? So.、Uh. Our company just signed on to this new fancy comprehensive CRM system, right? <laughs> to help, yeah, to help the staff better manage, right? Our real estate clients. It's also a way for the company to keep track of our, you know, interactions with with、mm. the clients, right? So right, right. I was asked by my、um, manager back then, right? Oh, because he he kind of saw that I was quite.、Um, I took on to the new system, you know, quite well. So he said, "Can you help create an onboarding kind of SOP guide for our team, right?、Mm. And then we can share with the team. You can share as a like a quick briefing, you know, and they can refer to this guide, you know, every time they have questions about this new CRM, right? Right.、Um, so I did. I was like, okay, you know, easy, right? Thinking <laughs> it was easy." <laughs> I created ooh, a nice document, right? And I did a PowerPoint presentation. Like I showed my team, oh, these are the key functions that we need to learn and we need to start using, right?、Uh, I tried to put some screenshots, you know,、um, put some arrows, right? This is what you do. And I thought I was done. <laughs> right. One of the team members was.、Um, Very senior. He's much more senior than me, right? He has a lot of experience in the company.、Um, he 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 was great at his job, but he's not. He wasn't that IT savvy, right?、Mm. So he would treat me. I mean, he just looked at the document and just blanked out, right? Like it's not <laughs> something that he he prefers and he likes to use. So he would treat me as his go-to. To ask the most basic questions, right? And sometimes he will ask me the same questions over and over again, right? After <laughs> after I've answered him like the day before, or you know, like a few hours ago. Oh and, my god! Yeah, and being you know, I was I lost my patience like after like、uh, a few weeks. I said,、mm. you know, come on, you know. So in the end, right, we came up with a system, and it is really funny. The simplest 
things in life can solve our problem. I asked him to write down on post-its, right? Okay, when he needs to, some things that he keeps forgetting, write it down, right? When he needs to create a new um, dialogue, right? Or he needs to log a new call with a client. Okay, where do you need to click? Where do you need to go, right? So ended up, his whole computer screen was just covered in a lot of post-its <laughs> in different colors. But it really helped him, right? Because that's his way. That was his way, his preferred way. Not a SOP, not a PowerPoint, right? Um, but, but the post-its, that's something that he can refer to really easily and really quickly. Uh, and eventually, he, managed, he registered, right? He remembered the information, right? After all these practice and, you know, using. Uh, and eventually, he didn't have to rely on them, right? Mm -hmm. So, really what I learned, right, about, you know, when, when you have a change in, in the company, right? Be it digital, you know, new technology or whatnot, right? There's, there's a lot of things there's a lot of things involved, right? It's like, how can we create a supportive environment, right? So apart from me, I was the go-to, right? And I felt very overwhelmed because this is not my, you know, my main role in the company, right? I was doing something else, right? right. How can we create a system to, to, to better support, you know, our teams, right? Especially in a big company, right? So apart from nominating, you know, uh, champions, right, uh, in each department or division, can we have buddy system, right? Or how do we set the context? How do we ask for everyone's patience, you know, in the whole journey, <laughs> right? Even if it's just one system, right, it will test everyone's patience, right? That there, there will, it will take time, right? That you will, you may feel lost, you may feel frustrated, right? But ultimately, we are going to help one another right and this too shall pass right i think that mm. that context that the initial com communication and not take it for granted that everyone would just be able to you know get on with it and everyone would be able to learn it if it's not it's their problem no i don't think so right and and the other things i learned is it's, it's not about arrowing one it person or it team right Everything mm -hmm. that is due to do with technology, oh, it's the IT team's responsibility. Oh, it's the IT team support. Like my experience taught me that user support requests can be relentless, right? And and really silly sometimes, right? Why would he ask me the most basic of questions? That's you know, true. when you can refer to to the SOP, he just doesn't want to, right? There's a mental kind of gap, a blockage, mm. right? So for the people who are in charge, right, um, how can we make it easier for them, right? Is there a way that, you know, we can create different types of tools for, for different uh, people, right? The delivery of that training is very important, not just the documentation of the training, right? But how we deliver that training is, is, mm. is very important, right? Especially when you're working with hundreds and even thousands of you know, employees and volunteers in the nonprofit setting. Mm -hmm. and, and lastly, right, I, I learned that it's also the learner's responsibility, right? So my example with my teammate back then, right, it only worked after we started to, to work together, right? And started to figure out, oh, that post-its will help him, right? Mm -hmm. And that's his way, 
and that's how he'll be able to absorb and retain the information better right so as a learner as ourselves who are learning all the time if this technology is new to me how can i what can i do to familiarize myself with it right that's true yeah yeah so so yeah it, it's just very funny you know that <laughs> i still remember this experience after so many years You ever think about like, you know, since you were like the go-to person to that team, it's kind of like a foreshadowing of what you're going to do in the future. <laughs> And now you're like, you know, consulting, doing, you know, more or less the same thing. I think that's very funny. It's like a stepping stone or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think every, I really believe um, this In this quote, I I heard from somewhere. I read from somewhere. Every challenge that we face is a stepping stone to our success. Mm, so mm, so sure. how right for you to say that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it it really like it proves itself in such funny ways when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So um. All right. So this podcast, as you know, it hopes also to raise awareness on the social sector, you know, among the youth, and this includes like students. And um, before this, you were like you mentioned that you had like a program where um, students and working professionals can like take part, you know, like um, contribute in one way or another. Maybe you would like to like explain that a little bit. Absolutely. Um, actually, okay, we have sort of three core uh, programs now one of it is is very new um, mm. so the first one is what we call conjunct uni right so conjunct uni actually um, students um, come from our three university chapters they can join our three university chapters at SMU NTU and SMU right they can volunteer their time during um, the school semesters or even you know outside of school semesters to work on real life projects to help the social good organizations as a consultant as a project leader or even as a chapter leader right so there are different mm. roles in, in that as a chapter leader they get exposed to different opportunities right um to to really run operations um run training programs right and even like um manage projects right um so lots of opportunities for them um they are welcome to join us and help us further our mission for working professionals right uh we're really open um and we're very lucky that we always have a very diverse pool you know of working professionals um join us they can join us as a project advisor right working on you know our projects and even our workshops sometimes right um they can join us as a facilitator right they can also join us um in training right uh, mm-hmm. to help train you know our team our consultants um to help review project quality uh, as panelists right so they can come and, and critique the work you know that that the teams have done during our training and even during the project um cycle um and the latest program that we have right uh, are open to more of uh, working professionals right we're looking for professionals who are very um great at strategic planning right mm-hmm. uh, that type of role uh because recently uh we partnered with uh, ground up central uh, at mvpc right um to support uh ground up organizations so ground organizations um are really volunteer groups right they most of them have not even registered um to be a legal entity yet Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you noticed, you know, in the past two years, a lot of groups surfaced because everybody was so caring and everybody wanted to help out. 
right during the <laughs> pandemic right? right and they saw so many gaps that they they want to fulfill so it could be from you know uh providing provisions right to certain communities it could be you know even making masks right uh very accessible very affordable things like that um providing tuition you know all sorts of services um so we saw this gap and so we wanted to provide you know these advisory quick advisory sessions for the ground up groups um so that we we help them really think about you know uh where their strengths are right um where possibly their you know the gaps could be fulfilled um the most right and then how do they plan kind of their business model you know in, in really mm-hmm. trying to fulfill the impact that they they seek to fulfill mm-hmm. um so that's where working professionals ca- can join us uh we also are open for internships to both students and you know um professionals who want to help us you know in more of internal roles like research data analysis uh even content creation opportunities um events and all that so yeah there's a variety of roles um they can they can check out our website as well okay that's great um all right so you know as our time is nearing on uh, uh As my final question to you, do you perhaps have like a word of advice to um maybe not just SSAs and charities but just organizations in general who, you know, may still be on the fence when it comes to like adopting all this technology and moving online and you know those who might not have done so if it weren't for the circumstances that you know we're currently in. Mm. I think it's It's okay. Don't feel bad if you're on the fence or you if you haven't you know adopted or fully adopted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say spend some time planning it properly, right? Having a proper understanding in what your organization needs specifically, and how to match your needs, right, with the overwhelming number of choices out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you do that you'll be able to find what what is right um, for you right and and there won't be you know wastage right you won't waste your time and effort and money you know you won't hurt any staff morale if if you did that uh, kind of initial investigation understanding and planning properly yeah and 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 don't feel bad right i mean we technology will keep changing there'll be There are always every day there are new tools and new systems and new platforms That's right true. that are better than the ones yesterday. So sometimes even you know I I feel overwhelmed right oh is this the right one right should we <laughs> change right yeah. uh, what is the cost involved what's the opportunity t- cost involved you know um and all that. So so it's okay to take time and, and think about it uh and think about implications right with any change think about the implications to who will be affected the most. and check with them you know no harm asking them what what they think right because n- no matter how much you spend you know on the on the more robust system or very fancy top of the line system you know if your people are not on board with it you know it's going to make that change very very painful for everybody that is very true yeah i think like it's important for them to take essentially to take one step at a time lah, when it comes to you know moving online and like not to rush into things right yeah absolutely all right so um 
so we've reached like the end of the episode so um thank you again for joining me in this conversation and i hope that our listeners found it as as beneficial as i did um before we end things off do you have anything you like to say no i had a blast thank you so much i yeah <laughs> I, i also hope it'll be useful um but but yeah uh, happy to be here And I'm happy to have you as well. <laughs> All right. So um, thank you as well to our listeners for tuning in. And I hope to see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. And that was today's episode. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and leave a review. It would mean a whole lot to us. You can also head over to our website, thundercode.org, to gain access to our free digital resources. See you next time!